0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Now there is a, one especially successful outreach initiative which has been sweeping the world. It's founded on the idea that everyone should have the opportunity to explore life and the Christian faith, to ask questions and share their point of view in an open, friendly environment. It's the Alpha Course, which is a series of sessions exploring the Christian faith, typically run over an 11-week period. Each talk looks at a different question around faith and is designed to create conversation. Alpha's run all over the world. It runs almost anywhere, including cafes, in churches, universities and in homes. No two alphas look the same, but generally they have three key things in common. And I think you'll relate to these, food, a talk, and good conversation. Well, our special guest through this coming hour is Gare Jones. He was a corporate lawyer in London before responding to a stirring in his heart towards a career in Christian ministry, more specifically in the workplace. He moved to America, where he's led the planting of what is known as the Vintage Church in Los Angeles. But Gare Jones has been on a tour in Australia, leading an Alpha Masterclass to maximise the opportunity that the Alpha course presents for people just like you. Gareth Jones, a special welcome along to 2020.
1: Neil, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Gareth, this is uh, not you. You haven't just arrived in Australia. We should have been talking to you two weeks ago. In fact, you're just about to fly out tonight, but on your Brisbane leg, you've been able to drop in and see us here. How have you found the reception that you've received in places like Sydney and in Melbourne and other centres where you've been doing this masterclass?
1: Neil, it's been amazing. It's been wonderful to come and join with other people who clearly have a heart for the lost, heart for those who don't know Jesus. And we've all found this thing called Alpha as the right and really helpful tool for this moment to help us reach the lost. And so people have been hungry and excited to learn
0: more about how to make the most of Alpha. It's not a new initiative, I described it as a phenomenon a little earlier, sweeping the world over a number of decades and in Australia earlier this year we made a point of celebrating the fact that 500,000 Australians had done an Alpha course, 150,000 in these past five years. I mean, these sorts of figures are quite significant because what it means is people are engaging with the gospel, and that's the important thing that really is to be highlighted about Alpha. It gives people an opportunity to engage. That's
1: right, and... Really, I think we're only at just the beginning of Alpha's effectiveness because people are longing to bring their friends to explore Jesus, but increasingly finding church too difficult to invite their friends or the friends won't want to go there. And so increasingly in this moment, Alpha is providing that safe place. And I think 500,000 is amazing.
0: But I think we have only just seen the beginning. Uh, well, uh, 24 million plus Australians, so 500,000 is a good start. Who gets inspired to run an Alpha course? Is it usually the pastor in the church or is it someone who has done Alpha maybe some years ago? Maybe they came to faith in an Alpha course. They've gotten on their feet. They've understood the value and the power, and they have a little bit of passion for evangelism. Who is it that actually instigates getting an Alpha course up and running?
1: I think really it's anyone who has a heart for the lost, anyone who has a family member or a friend who they really want to come see and learn about Jesus. And they know, actually, I don't think that person's going to come to church. I don't know how to share faith with them because it's a bit awkward i don't know how to answer their questions and people go i really want something is there anything out there that will help my friend explore and those are the people who go oh i'm so thankful for alpha
0: now, we could all go online to the Alpha website, and, you know, for those who are looking to get some insight as we have this conversation, alpha.org.au. We could all go on there, and there'll be a little step-by-step process as to how we might engage in and even run an Alpha course. So here you are, Gare. You're visiting Australia, and you're teaching leaders in a masterclass setting. What are the sort of things that you are sharing with leaders in your masterclass that really just give impetus to the sorts of things that you can read about on the website?
1: Yeah, I think two things really, Neil. I think first of all, we're sharing why Alpha is so important, why it's crucial for this cultural moment, that it is the gift to the church today to reach a culture that is increasingly disrespecting and ignoring church. And then secondly, our story in Los Angeles is that we've grown Alpha from two or three people to over 400 people per course. And to really give hope to people that actually, if you stick with it, if you go with it, if you follow the the recipe, that you can see Alpha as a phenomenal success. If it can work in the center of Los Angeles, with mostly
0: 20s and 30s who are far from Jesus, then it can work in your context too. You mentioned something important that we'll want to explore in just a few moments when you talk about the cultural changes that have been going on but let's have a little insight into what's happened in the vintage church that you planted and you say that you started off with just a few and now every time you have one of these courses you've got 400 people coming along just to the course. Well, I know there'll be people listening to and hanging on every word to say, well, uh, we've tested the waters with Alpha in our church. And yeah, we had a, we had a small crowd come along. Uh, I wonder how we could actually increase our capacity to getting 400 people to an Alpha course every time we run one. So give us a little insight into how that's worked for you over these years. Yeah. Well, we passionately
1: believe that Sundays were amazing for Christians and maybe for those who have left the church for a season. But about 40% of our city were not lapsed. They were lost. They had never been to church, or they were so dechurched. And so we committed ourselves to running Alpha as the only tool we knew. And we made it an all-church event. We said, guys, come on, let's all get behind this. Let's not have a few people inviting a few of their friends. Why don't, why, why don't the whole church get behind it? And really that was the key, to get the whole church behind it, certainly the whole church inviting their friends and neighbors. And we made Alpha, what we say, an unmissable event where anybody would love to come to it. It's not difficult to invite your friends to the first night of Alpha because they're going to have an amazing time. So if you make your Alpha an all-church event, and if you make it an unmissable event, then actually you find people really are excited to invite their friends to something that will be fun, will be engaging, and then actually they will enjoy it as they discover their own spiritual journey and as they find Jesus For themselves,
0: so making Alpha an all-church event really means endeavouring to adjust or shape or alter even the culture of your church so that you can be equipped to engage with the culture outside the church. Now, that's an it's an interesting thing when you've got to change what's happening within the church, get everybody excited about the idea of starting a conversation about faith. Because as I reflect on the beginnings of Alpha, at least when Nicky Gumbel took over, uh, he recognized that there were people who were outside the church that did want to engage with this message of Christian faith. And so there obviously needed to be some sort of an adjustment. So the adjustment of the culture inside the church where everyone participates so that you can appropriately engage with the culture outside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Jesus modeled this for us. He spent time with Christians, and then he spent time with what the Bible calls sinners and those who didn't know him. And he enjoyed both venues, but they were different venues. And so Alpha is our approach to going, let's create a venue where people who don't know Jesus and maybe are scared of the church, where they will feel safe, they will feel relaxed, they'll have a great time. That in that context, why don't we help them go on a spiritual journey we don't always have to bring them into our context where they don't feel safe, where they don't feel maybe welcome. Why don't we create an environment on their on their turf where we can actually go on a journey with them? And that's what Alpha does. Sunday is an amazing opportunity for us as Christians to get together and worship and be with each other. And then... Alpha is an opportunity for us to be with our community and invite our friends into that safe environment.
0: Gary, you've been in Australia these past two weeks, and uh, given, as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you're an Englishman. Uh, These days, home is in Los Angeles. You've got this connection to uh, those British roots. You've got a a connection there with this American culture, Uh, the Western culture, we might uh, describe that in general. In Australia, what have you noticed about Australians and their capacity to engage with uh, the issues of the gospel, the changing environment that's here? I mean, we talk about a changing culture. We're talking about that every day on this program. Uh, Give us your insights into what you see as you check the pulse of Australia and uh, and the the sorts of people you've been talking to, the, the environment you find you've been sharing these thoughts into.
1: Absolutely. Neil, you missed out the most important thing is that I'm married to a Sydney cider, So that's uh, she'll want me to make sure I say that. Uh, But we're seeing the same here that we're seeing in England and in America, that the church is increasingly and the Christian voice is increasingly moving from the majority to the minority, from the center of society to the fringe. And Christians were once respected and now increasingly are disrespected. And those same dynamics are happening everywhere. Some people call that post-Christianity or post-Christendom. And in that context, the church is re-questioning and actually having to huddle together and go, how do we reach the lost with these new dynamics? And that's what we're finding here just as much as we're finding elsewhere.
0: And of course, no doubt those listening to our conversation today, some will be older and will recognize what it was like some decades ago when we were very much a Christianized culture. Uh, those who are a little younger are saying, well, I've grown up in an, a situation where, uh, where church life has not been as central to the way that my family uh, perhaps uh, has experienced things compared to other families. This idea of a post-Christian culture, when you describe that gear and the way that it affects people and their engagement with God, with their faith in Christ, how do you, how do you see the change that's almost subtly crept in over all these years? I just think
1: fundamentally how we engaged with the lost 30, 40 years ago is radically different today. In a Christianized culture, it really was around waking people up to the reality of have you thought about your eternity? Have you thought about how God views you and your relationship with him? People had an infrastructure of the gospel, but hadn't really set it on fire in their hearts. And so evangelism was about helping people with a convictional moment. It was a moment of conviction Today, people are so far from Jesus. They don't have the infrastructure of the gospel. They don't know what it means. They have different views. They've been hurt by the church. They're deconstructing what they believe. That any conversion is actually a journey of a series of conversions, a series of, ha, huh, I'm actually interested in Jesus. That's a big conversion today. Oh, I actually like a Christian. I've never liked a Christian before. That's another conversion. And so today, it's not so much about a moment. It's about providing people with a journey toward Christ. And that journey can take quite a while. And so that's why we find Alpha so helpful, because it creates a context for that journey. Over eight weeks, people can start maybe quite antagonistic, maybe fearful, maybe cautious. But by the time they go through Alpha, they've discovered a love that they didn't expect. They've discovered a community that is warmer than they didn't realize. And they've discovered the gospel which is good news rather than judgment. And so by the end of the eight weeks they're so much further towards Christ but they need that journey. And so my hope is to encourage churches to engage in a context where we allow people to go on a journey where it's safe, non-judgmental and non-pressured. Life, culture
0: and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision our special guest this hour is gare jones he's in australia he's been teaching a master class on how to maximize the opportunity that the alpha course presents for the local church Yeah, we'll take some calls in just a few moments, 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to join in our conversation, but I want to ask you about your own journey with Alpha, because at the beginning, you didn't just sort of slide into this and everything was rosy and wonderfully successful, there were some struggles at the start. Give us a little insight into your journey. Yeah, we did struggle to begin with,
1: Neil. We loved Alpha, we believed in it, we think it was the right tool for today, but we struggled to get people to invite their friends. and. There was an infamous moment where my wife and I were leading Alpha and we had food for about 50 people and we only had two guests. And we loved those two guests, but we thought, hang on a minute, how do we get this going? And so we took a step back, evaluated how we were going to move forward, and we put in some new things, some uh, some new strategies to help Alpha grow, and we saw it really take off.
0: Wonderful, and we'll talk some more about this story, but let's take a call. Brian is on the line from Geraldton in Western Australia. Hi, Brian, welcome. Morning, how are you going? Very good, Brian. What are your thoughts for our conversation about Alpha?
2: Uh, we actually did a course uh, with a team down to um, a place called Dongra, south of Geraldton, and uh, off by the house and on a weekend course. And uh, the course is very straightforward, it's very basic and very uh, uh, interesting to learn the very principles of what Jesus is doing and the Lord wants us to achieve. So um, we went to that course and we we thought it was so great that uh, we actually did run one course. Um, We went to a place called Horrocks, north of here, for a weekend camp. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's it's a a great course and uh, a lot more churches need to see it and a lot more people need to know it. And uh, we'd love to show that to some of the Indigenous people in the community one day. So it's a thing we've got on on our back burner. But um, yeah, it's a great course. Love it.
0: Fabulous stuff, Brian. Just let me clarify. Did you say you went away and did the course on a weekend? So it wasn't across the number of weeks that we've been talking about, like eight weeks or 11 weeks. You did it all on a weekend. Is that the way you worked
2: it? No, we did, did the course through the weeks, but our, our weekend stay at the end of the course. Of, of being picked a period in the course to uh, see the people join together at the end of the course. So it was done in Dongola where we all got together at the end, but the accommodation we had down there was great, but you stay away. And you just have a group on your own. And that weekend period is where you can reveal a lot of things to each other and also find the word from the Lord. And some people actually had been spoken to from the Lord. So um, it's a great, great uh, course. And the end of it is, uh, like I say, the climax, the the very exciting piece of the the course.
0: Uh, Brian, great to have your contribution today. Gare, what are your thoughts for Brian and uh, the way that they've been running the Alpha course there in Geraldton in WA? Brian, it sounds
1: amazing. Well done, mate. It's so exciting, isn't it, to see people come together on that journey. And the weekend is often the most exciting part of Alpha, where people at the, near the end of Alpha, we go away for an overnight or a weekend away. So often in that context, people experience the love of God that they've never experienced before. So Brian, it sounds exciting. Well done, yeah, mate.
2: It's, it's really good. And uh, maybe again, we can run one in the Kimberley or somewhere. But uh, yeah, it's very exciting to to see if it's
0: hard to do it when you're so far away. <laughs> but, uh, uh, look, you're in a big state. WA is <laughs> big, and uh, Brian, you've got a major, uh, major task ahead of you. And uh, you know, God speed to you as you make some plans along those ways. Uh, Brian from Geraldton in WA, thank you so much for your call. Let's come back to some of the hardships that you experience. And you mentioned, Gare, uh, when you first started Alpha, you thought, oh, there's going to be a crowd coming. We're going to cater for 50 people and only two turned up. Uh, There is something special about the idea that people get excited about the outreach opportunity. Uh, there's a number of planets that need to align, though, to make that happen. As you say, you've got to get the invitation culture happening in church life so that people know that there is an opportunity here to bring a friend. Uh, Take us back to some of those challenges and how you start to overcome them and how you build those into the life of church.
1: Yeah, Neil, what we did, fundamentally we realized people weren't inviting their friends because they're a bit nervous to invite their friends. The invitation was really hard. So we made the invitation super easy. We created an Alpha launch party at the start of Alpha where we made it a great night out. And in our context in L.A., that was a live band, great food, and just a, a cafe. And we actually put a little pub in there. But it was so much fun for people to invite their friends to it. And they were confident it was going to be safe. They were confident it wasn't going to be an, an intimidating environment for their friends. So we just said, bring your friends to this amazing launch party. Not a course yet. Just bring them to the launch party. And then I will give them a brief explanation, and overview about Alpha. And if they're interested, they'll sign up and come back the next week.
0: And so there's a crowd turns up to the launch party, and in some sense there's no obligation on them. They don't have to – just turning up is not signing the dotted line saying, I'm going to attend a course for eight or 11 weeks. But that gives you the opportunity to make the invitation rather than the pressure on the people in church.
1: Totally. The only thing people had to do was invite their friend to a great party. And then I would take the – Take the, about half an hour of that evening to say, let me just explain to you what Alpha is about. Hear a couple of stories about people who've done Alpha. And so many people were, who loved it, thought, wow, that's amazing. I think I'll have a, have a go at that. And people who didn't want to have a go still loved the evening. They still had a great time. And so at the Alpha launch party got a reputation in our church as a super easy invitation. And that's how you mobilize an invitational culture.
0: Now, this issue of confidence, uh, you know, not confident to invite, uh, perhaps not feeling so confident to answer the questions that your friends might have. Mm. I imagine this is where the structure of an alpha course is very important because you've got a, an on-screen presentation that, uh, you know, I, either I imagine that can be done by an individual leader or, or you play the on-screen presentation that in itself creates the questions and the answers for people who are searching Yeah, The real gift Neil, the real gift to our culture of Alpha is to provide
1: that place after the short film that we watch for a small group conversation where people listen to each other where people actually can ask the questions they've never felt able to ask before in church where they say well what about this what about that and they're dialoguing together and the point of that is not to answer their questions but to allow them freedom to explore themselves and to be heard and to be listened. I think Loving people today is about listening to people. It's not actually confronting them, but connecting with them. And over those eight weeks, as people are listened to and they can have a freedom of conversation without judgment, it's amazing how much the Holy Spirit actually warms up their heart
0: towards Jesus. You're touching on something I think is very deep here and worthy of reflection for a few moments The idea that you're having a Christian gathering and you're presenting elements of the gospel, but you're not actually wanting to browbeat people with the answers that you've come to be settled on in your own heart. How important is it to actually just raise the questions and allow people to think through those answers to those questions in their own way. Because uh, this uh, this obviously is a, a real key in reaching out to people who, as you were saying in a post-Christian culture, just answering the question is a little bit like having the answer. Well, I don't know about you, Neil, but there's nothing I want less
1: than someone telling me what to believe. Exactly. And I want to find out for myself. And most importantly, I'm only going to consider the Christian message once I've been heard, once people know my story. Once people see the challenges and the struggles that I faced and actually didn't listen to me in order to quickly get the gospel in when there's a pause in the conversation, but actually genuinely love me and love my story and love my hurts and love what I'm actually going through. And in that love of listening, I my heart starts to actually open up to the gospel message, but it first has to come through genuine listening and love. And what we found on Alpha is the same thing in all society. What you truly believe is what you discover for yourself, not what you're told. And Alpha has all the information for people to discover for themselves, but we let them discover it
0: as opposed to being told what to believe. Historically, we would appreciate that the gospel is delivered by proclamation. Uh, But that's got to be defined in a, I guess, a way that's culturally appropriate. And so what Alpha does is it's actually creating an opportunity for the proclamation of the gospel, but it's doing it in a little bit of a slower and more relational pace. Is that the way you describe Alpha?
1: Yeah, I mean, Alpha is 100% a proclamation of the gospel, but it does it in means that people actually hear it and experience it and actually take it in. And in today's culture, particularly in a postmodern generation, we actually believe what we experience. We don't believe what we're told to believe. And so Alpha is an holistic experience and proclamation of the gospel at a pace that people can receive it and experience it. Uh,
0: what sort of reaction did you get from leaders over this past couple of weeks? Uh, with, were they leaving your masterclass saying, we're going to give this 100 percent? We're going to give it our best shot. Uh, we've tested the waters with this, but now we're going to actually get out there and we're going to create a culture which is providing an opportunity to engage with the people outside church. Is that the sort of uh, reaction that you've had? What sort of, uh, what sort of reaction have you had? I mean, you know, I'm being general here, but, uh, yeah. good reaction? We've had an overwhelming reaction. People have been so enthusiastic.
1: They all resonate with the dynamics and the shifts in culture and they're all looking at how we can actually proclaim the gospel in effective ways. And many, have struggled with alpha and going back to the beginning of seeing hang on a minute yes this is worth doing this is right and actually hearing from a church in LA that's seen some growth
0: has really been encouraging for them Well, those listening to our conversation today, some will be saying, how do I find an Alpha course near me? You can do that on the Alpha website. You can also get some details as to how you can run an Alpha in your church, alpha.org.au. Gare Jones has been in Australia leading this Alpha Masterclass. Uh, His church, no doubt, is in good hands. Around 1,500 people meet in his church on a Sunday. They've planted three churches out of the vintage church in Los Angeles. And things are continuing to grow. In fact, four hundred people each time they have an Alpha course are going through and being exposed to this opportunity to create a conversation about faith. The launch party is something that is so so exciting about Alpha Gear. This launch party has got to be a key. Has this been one of the things that has uh, you know found that people have got a big uptake on uh, over this past couple of weeks? The idea of doing something to launch an Alpha course.
1: Yeah, I think so, Neil. I think people want to have something easy to invite their friends to without commitment and without fear that it's going to be weird or they're going to be browbeaten. And so the
0: launch party is a super safe environment to bring their friends. Okay, let's talk about the sort of hospitality that you might have when you've got people after a launch party and they're going to go to be a part of your Alpha course. Let's just uh, narrow this down to say that someone's going to have the Alpha course in their home. Mm. Uh, is that the typical way or is it mostly in a local church? Just, you know, if I'm saying let's narrow it to that, is that the most common? I
1: think it's both. I think okay. wherever there's a safe environment, that's the key thing we realize. We need to hold Alpha in a venue when those who are seekers. Feel safe and not intimidated.
0: Okay, let's talk about this, and listeners might like to contribute. What was best for you? Did it work in your local church setting, uh, or did this work best in someone's home where you're sitting around a coffee table or you're having a meal together at, at the start? Let's talk about the hospitality of the people who might be most suited or what they might need to fine tune to be great hosts of, a, of an alpha course. Well, we took the our lead from Jesus, where people loved to be with Jesus.
1: They felt safe. They felt loved. They felt welcome. He was the master of hospitality. So we made our Alpha course. We made every evening of Alpha. What if it was an unmissable, safe, fun, friendly environment where people thought, this is amazing. So we made sure that people would come into our church building and feel safe. That means they, we got rid of all like the church stuff that was telling them to come to a Bible study or something like that. We made it a neutral venue so they didn't feel intimidated. We had a live band and music so they felt at home. With the hospitality, they were overwhelmed by being loved and welcome just the way they were and listened to. And we wanted to make sure that everything about Alpha made it so when they go home at night, even if they didn't believe what we were saying yet, that they thought, I want to go back next week. That was amazing. So, amazing community, amazing food, an amazing environment. And so, that when I coach churches on Alpha, what does that look like for you? How do you create an unmissable, safe, fun, friendly environment where people will fight traffic or fight their kind of tiredness at the end of the day that they go, you know what? I want to go back to Alpha.
0: You know, lots of us would say, I'm not equipped to run a Christian outreach event but I know how to run a dinner party.' Is it like a dinner party? How do you pitch that hospitality? Because some people will say, well, what are you expecting? A five-course meal? Do I over the top here? We've got caviar on the menu. as We've got starters and dessert and, you know, how far do I go? Or or do I take it way back the other end and, okay, we've got some corned beef sandwiches? Uh, What sort of level of hospitality works best when you're talking about looking after people? I think non-Christians
1: deserve our best. I think Luke 15, Jesus said he'll leave the 99 to go after the one. And so what does your best look like? What are people going to love in your community? It doesn't have to go over the top if they're going to think that's, this is over the top. You have to do what's right for you. So we have a church plant that does alpha. The best thing that they do is that one person opens up their home, has an amazing barbecue cookout in the back, and people love it. They think this is what a great atmosphere. This is fantastic. Thanks for having me around your house. So whatever it looks like for you to go, you know what, we put so much effort into our Sundays. What would it look like to put the same effort into the lost, creating an environment where they feel loved and welcome and they have a great
0: time? So the Aussie barbecue with the purpose of having new friends that can come around a conversation that's not just about the football, but is actually around real questions of faith and uh, taking that a step further, too. I know that in Alpha, you like to talk about how you do life. So it's more to the conversation that you're creating than just a faith conversation because the faith conversation leads to what happens with your life. So there's a there's a sort of a holistic approach to what people will receive when they come to one of these launch events and then eventually into an Alpha course.
1: Neil, you're absolutely right. They say the two best days of your life, the day you were born and the day you find out why. And on Alpha, people discover their purpose in life. They discover why they were created. They discover that they were made in the image of God with meaning and significance. And throughout Alpha, it's not just discovering the gospel of salvation. We're saved then for a purpose. We're saved then for meaning. And Alpha actually creates a a whole church community that feels that we're on mission together, not only to see people born again, but to be plugged into their greater story of being sent out on mission to renew all things, to bring the healing of God to this creation. And so we're seeing a dynamic halo effect of Alpha. It really goes across the whole church as we see not only want to save people, but actually connect them into the bigger story of what Jesus is doing in the world.
0: For some Christians being involved in Alpha, I imagine you're saying show a little bit of restraint because there is a process that people are going through as they are processing the ideas, the questions, as they're coming up with their own answers to the questions that are being posed. For those who are sort of champing at the bits and can't wait to actually deliver a three-point gospel message and have an altar call, I imagine there is a point through the course when people are given an opportunity to respond But it's not in the early weeks of that Alpha, is it? How do you describe the way that you need to just restrain yourself and fit in with a program that will lead people to a point where they believe? Well, we really love the fact that
1: people want to share the gospel, and we love that. And we're so excited that the films on Alpha present the gospel really clearly. And so we can trust the films to do that. We invite then people that your role is to then to listen. Your role is to love people where they're at, and actually, as you love them where they're at, as you listen and not answer, as you connect not confront, they will start to listen more intently to the gospel presentations in the films. And what we find is it's that dual nature, what Jesus did. He asked more questions sometimes than he preached. I think it's that dual listening and letting the films do the hard work of the gospel presentation. So if people buy into that, then they find, wow, this is an effective tool And this is far more effective
0: than me just giving people answers. And what is presented in those films, uh, and I think, I think there's been some updates, some change, because I think it was Nicky Gumbel originally who would do them presentations, and, and now there's some other voices, uh, other faces, things have been updated along the way. Uh, who is the one doing that sort of presentation on the films that you'll find with Alpha today? Well, Nicky
1: is phenomenal, and Nicky in the films, and they're still available if you want to use them, where he speaks and does an amazing presentation of the gospel – Are fantastic but they did about three or four years ago create these incredible film type uh, talks where people are on location two people from england um, but going all around the world giving these amazing documentary style presentations of of the gospel on location in different countries now in la people are very picky about what films they watch production values and how excellent it is and we have a Over 400 people are very picky, entertainment-styled non-Christians, and they think the films are amazing. And so we're very confident in the
0: films. that They'll work anywhere for people to go, that's relevant, and that's really interesting what they're saying. Isn't it amazing? We sometimes talk about the increased difficulty in sharing the gospel in a culture that has changed, and and, uh, as we were talking a little earlier, this idea of a post-Christian culture... But the resources that are available to us today that will work so well with our own home entertainment system, because most of us have a big screen TV and most of us have some sort of a comfortable lounge that we can sit some friends on. And the technology actually has made the presentation of the gospel and an explanation of gospel truth maybe easier than it's ever been. Maybe we're a little bit deceived as to think that it's hard to share the gospel because Alpha makes it particularly easy. Yeah, absolutely right,
1: Neil. And what we're finding is people so don't want to uh, criticize anyone today. They so don't want to disagree with a friend that by putting on these films, they can listen to the gospel presentation and then they can be honest with their doubts because they're not criticizing a live speaker. They're not criticizing you in your faith. They may be criticizing the films or they're disagreeing with what they heard on the TV. And actually we find these films create a more authentic, more real And a deeper and richer conversation
0: than ever before. Let me ask you about something of a process that happens in the journey of some individual on their journey of understanding faith and then making a difference in their entire community. Because, as I understand it, it's something that seems to have come passed down from your father, who was a pastor. This idea that there is a process, that evangelism leads to church planting leads to renewal of a city. Now, we'll often talk about evangelism, we'll sometimes talk about church planting, and we'll occasionally mention that when you plant churches, you're actually affecting the culture of your entire city. And we could go on to talk about the culture of a nation here, but there's a process here which is bigger than most of us recognize when we're sharing our faith. Uh, What are your thoughts, Gare, in, in understanding that there is a big picture and that the way we actually invite people into an experience of the gospel today may have changed in a in a way that uh, becomes culturally appropriate.
1: Absolutely, and I think what people are longing for is a bigger story in life. They're not wanting to just know about what it means to get to heaven. They're actually feeling disconnected from why they were created, who they were meant to live for, and Alpha is the beginning of that process of opening them up to A bigger, beautiful story that the Bible talks about from beginning to end, which is God loves the world. And the world is broken, and the world is in pain, and God just doesn't want to heal our hearts. He wants to heal the whole world. But he heals the whole world through healed hearts. As we are healed, we can't help but love the world as Jesus loved the world, to bring his healing, his reconciliation, his justice, his mercy. And so people love to start getting connected into that wider story. And they're so passionate that Alpha gets them on that journey.
0: Let me ask you about the versatility of an alpha course because, as we mentioned a little earlier, uh, 160 plus nations around the world have had access to the Alpha course and undoubtedly uh, a lot of the resources are actually translated into various languages and I think there's something like 112 different languages uh, of Alpha courses. So for people who are in a setting where their neighbours don't speak English, uh, they can actually access the Alpha course in different languages. Is this something that's available to everyone anywhere?
1: Yeah, it's the amazing gift, like the printing press in the 16th century revolutionized evangelism. So now the Internet and all this amazing technology has revolutionized how we are able to give people different languages, different cultures, the gospel. And Alpha is available in so many different languages. You can just go online and you can find one in the right language.
0: And as our guest who called in a little earlier, you might recall Brian was on the phone just a little while ago saying he'd love to be able to take Alpha up into the Kimberley. Now, for the geographical purposes, given that you're not an Aussie in that sense, uh, the Kimberley, uh, far northwest of Western Australia, uh, indigenous uh, Aboriginal communities up into that area, different languages. I mean, obviously, there are people who are speaking uh, all sorts of languages. And no doubt, while we're talking about 112 different languages around the world, there's probably some room for some more there to actually do some translation to other languages. Uh, I imagine that's an opportunity that someone might like to take a hold of. Sounds, sounds perfect. <laughs> sounds perfect.
1: I'm not sure I'm the right person to do that. <laughs> I know English very well.
0: Okay, there's a lot of different titles to the sessions that run. Uh, what ones do you cover early? Because as I look at uh, the list, you know, you start off with the question who is Jesus? Uh, when you're actually progressing people to a point where they'll put their faith in Jesus, uh, what sort of questions are asked early on in the course, Gare? Because uh, this is an important element because uh, we're all looking to actually have those questions more deeply understood within ourselves. What do you see as the foundational questions that that get asked in the course?
1: Well, we actually start, Neil, with one talk before we uh, head into Jesus, and that is, is there more to life than this? The very first opening talk... Is resonating and empathizing with with uh, people in our generation, going there must be something more to life than this. We're we're trying to shove leisure, pleasure, and treasure into our souls, hoping that's going to bring happiness and fulfillment. But no matter how much you stuff down into your soul, you still wake up empty the following day. And so that talk really resonates with people. It empathizes with people. And then the next step after that is to go well. If we're going to really look at the big questions of life, we really have to first look at who is this guy called Jesus, because if he is who he says he is, then that's a game changer. If he's not who he says he is, then we should dismiss him and look elsewhere. And so we look at who is Jesus in week two. And is he either a lunatic or is he a liar? Or as is he who he said he is? Is he the Lord of all creation? And it actually is a great place to start for people because Jesus is the most influential person in all of world history, and people resonate with that, whether they're Christians or non-Christians. And Jesus made some pretty amazing claims about himself. And if they're true, then that's where we have to start. And people are happy to start there, given how significant Jesus has had in world
0: history. Wonderful to form a context for which your. Uh, people who are participating in the course can actually grow into an understanding of belief because when you ask those questions, uh, who is Jesus? Uh, Why did Jesus die? And then you've got separate sessions for how can I have faith? And then another session which is why and how should I pray? And then even another separate session on how should I read the Bible? Because we recognise that there's a lot of different dimensions, a lot of different aspects to how we believe, and all of these elements are important. I imagine that as people ask those questions, think about and consider those, they eventually coming to a point where they can successfully and confidently say, "I can make a decision now.
1: Yeah, what we find, Neil, is that the talks build on the last talk, and there's a beautiful order in which they are which they come. But saying that, you never know what's going to penetrate someone's heart. It could be the talk on prayer that they go, you know what? I don't think I've ever prayed before. Let, I'll give it a go. And in giving giving it a go, they have an experience of the love of Jesus. Or reading the Bible. They go, I've never actually read the Bible before. They open it up. They crack it open. Read the Gospel of John or Mark. And they're overwhelmed. So you never know where the Holy Spirit is going to bring Christ to life for them. But there is a beautiful sequence. We want to make sure they hear The purity of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God loves you, that God came to us in the person of Jesus and died for you. But we want you to experience him and relate to him, not just have head information. We want you to have a go at prayer, have a go at reading the Bible, because so often when you're reading the Bible, Jesus walks off the pages of the text into your heart. And we want
0: people to experience that. Geir, I imagine that given the success of Alpha, you've been able to successfully straddle some of the differences that people have in their denominations. So uh, Alpha might have started, you know, with an Anglican flavour, but no doubt it sits beautifully in uh, Evangelical, uh, Pentecostal, Catholic, even Orthodox settings. I imagine that there are uh, people who might look for little differences and things like that in the way they might present the course. Is there a flexibility in there enough that uh, that people can actually have their own flavour of their denomination in there, or is it not so much about denominations? denominations at all, but really about the person of Jesus.
1: Neil, what we found is Nikki Gumbel, who is the pioneer of Alpha, really wanted to make sure that we can all agree that we want people to love and know Jesus. So why don't we make the Alpha course about what we all agree, that actually what unites us is infinitely greater than what divides us. So why don't we honor all of the denominations of the world? Because we want to actually agree that we all want people to know Jesus. And so the Alpha course is a beautiful, generous, and broad truth. We think every denomination can agree with and get behind. And then in the discipleship journey, there'll be the wonderful things in your denomination that after Alpha you may want to emphasize, and that's amazing. But Alpha itself, we found, is on the whole universally embraced by every denomination as, yeah, this is a great representation of what we all agree with.
0: Now let's talk to that person who is listening to our conversation now saying, I think this is something worth giving a try. I'll test the waters with this. I've heard some good advice from the master class man. <laughs> uh, let's talk to that person. Uh, what do you do to take the next step, to actually have an Alpha in the either confines of your local church or in your home, uh, perhaps uh, with the uh, imprimatur of your uh, pastor or leader in your church? Uh, how do people actually get that next step and do something significant with an Alpha course? I'll say a
1: few things. i think firstly, Neil... Absolutely go for it. Don't hold back. Have a go. You'll find out you'll love it, but you only love it when you have a go. Secondly, the Alpha Australia website has so many training materials and free resources to really give you the recipe of how to do Alpha well. And so please go there. And then thirdly, I would say make sure you try and get as many of your friends uh, to come and invite all of your friends to invite their friends to some kind of launch party so you're not inviting them to commit to an 8 week journey, just do a one off event and then try and say hey if, you, if you're interested in this then come out next week
0: is there a sense in which that question, what have you got to lose, uh, is a question that's important here because the likelihood is, and I'm sure you can't ever give a 100% guarantee, but the likelihood is that even if you don't win a convert, you will win a new friend. Uh, and the likelihood is that you are going to probably win a new convert and there's going to be great success in your alpha course. Is it addictive? People actually give this a go? They see that their friends are uh, interested in it. Uh, There's almost this opportunity that says, I can't wait for the next one. Is this the sort of attitude that people have? In order to have this grow at the same rate that it has been growing, no doubt that's what's happening in people. They're excited, and the contagiousness of winning a new soul, a new convert to Christ, is what drives them.
1: Yeah, and I think what people love the most, Neil, is an opportunity just to love our city to love people. Whether they go on to become a Christian, of course we want that. But Alpha is an opportunity to love people, to love people well, to give them a taste of Jesus without being pushed into faith, to give people a taste of, ah, oh, we experience church in this way. Alpha Alpha is loving me. Alpha is opening their hearts to me. Alpha is respecting me. What we're finding is that Alpha is a great way just to go, you know, it's a win, It's a beautiful win just to love people who come and leave. Whether they come to faith, that's the Holy Spirit's job. But let's love
0: people, and we find that is the greatest win. Well, Gare, it has been an absolute privilege having you in the studio and sharing these thoughts with listeners today. And I know you're flying home tonight uh, out of Brisbane. You've run your masterclass teaching in capital cities all around Australia over this past couple of weeks, and I know that people who've been able to sit in on the courses will be absolutely inspired. For those who are wanting to know how to find an Alpha course near you, or wondering how you might run an Alpha course in your church, here is the website. It's very simple, alpha.org.au. That's alpha.org.au, and that's where you'll find information about Alpha and how you can get the course going in your local church. Gare Jones, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil.